obsessed with all things ovine, there is seriously something about sheep and always something new to learn about keeping, breeding and farming them. Welcome to the Sheep Show podcast. I'm Jill Noble from Holston Valley Farm and Sheep Stud and your host. The Sheep Show podcast exists to help you no matter where you are in the world, what sheep you breed, what size your flock is. This podcast will help your sheep knowledge and your shepherding confidence grow. And it's a two-way street. I love to hear from you and find out how your sheep journey is going. Contact me via Instagram at Halston Valley Farm or via email jill at halstonvalleyfarm.com.au. Come along on this episode as we explore the amazing world of sheep and sheep farming together. So I have had a few people recently ask about my sort of sheep schedule. So I thought it might be a good time to walk through it and also think about, I suppose, what I can do differently. Uh, I'm always interested in changing things up, improving things and um, learning year on year. So we'll take it from day one, I suppose, when a lamb is born. Reminds me of a, of a Christmas song. <laughs> uh, so uh, you, because uh, this is what's happened most recently, I suppose we've had some lambs born, and uh, the you. So we're going to look at the, just the full sort of life cycle, if you if you like, or all the decisions that we make along the way. So the lambs are born. The you then feeds that lamb, typically for three months or so, up until weaning typically now uh would you wean earlier would you wean later yeah absolutely it very much depends on a few factors what season what's the season like what's the grass growth like uh how many sheep have you got how what's the worm burden potentially on the ground can you wean in terms of the setup that you've got? Because sometimes it's not so easy to wean if you've got just a few paddocks or a small property, these sorts of things. But I do wean, so I'm going to talk about what I do. I do wean my lambs, so three to potentially four months old. Remove the lambs from the ewes completely. Separate them. Uh, put the lambs on the best possible pasture you can get your hands on and even better if you can give them a little bit of additional feed to activate the rumen potentially grain if you are anticipating that they might get grain in the future and in their lives it might be good to give them a little bit of grain oats is a very safe feed for your lambs you're not going to give them too much anyway but that can really help with any weaning kind of setback because sometimes they do have a weaning setback or a setback at weaning and that can also help with um, calming them down the interesting thing is the lambs generally ironically they do better um, than they use most of them anyway there are always going to be some that just play havoc and and are are a bit difficult Uh, typically boys but um, the grass good quality grass and perhaps some oats distracts the lamb so basically they just get on with life 
and think, oh, cool, we're independent. I am very happy to, you know, not have my mother looking over my shoulder anymore. So I'm just going to have a good time in this little teenage paddock that I'm in. Basically, that's what happens. The you then goes off. Now, for me, at this particular stage, it's a highly vulnerable stage. That you has been producing milk, particularly if it's around three months stage, her udder will still be reasonably large. So you want to put that you, ironically, on the skinniest paddock ever. Now, for me, my preference is uh, at weaning, I will drench my lambs. Particularly, I will drench them for tapeworm, which means you have to have a drench with um, prosequantil in there as an active ingredient to deal with tapeworm. Now, very few drenches will have that. There's one, for example, that I use called first drench, which is a white drench. doesn't really do much for anything else but it will definitely deal with your tapeworm issues if you have a tapeworm issue. If you've got tapeworm, the good thing is you'll see them. It's not a crazy problem, but it can cause ill thrift in your lambs. So I'll drench my lambs at weaning, but I will not drench my ewes. A variety of different reasons, mainly because they're going to be going on to a skinny paddock that often, for me, other sheep have come off. So the paddock's going to be uh, reasonably heavy worm burden anyway. And the other reason is the ewes are going into a time when they are not going to be highly vulnerable to to worm burden because there are very few demands on their system at this post weaning. They're going to be thinking, oh, cool, I don't have to produce milk anymore. I can just relax into spring and just kind of kick back. It's kind of like a, a little sabbatical almost that the ewes are going to have for the next couple of months. So for me, if I wean in say November, December and January are really cruisy months uh, for my ewes. Um, But I do want them to go on a skinny paddock so that they stop producing milk. If they're going to be going on a rich paddock, they will still keep producing milk and well, welcome to mastitis. (laughs) Not fun at all. Not enjoyable. You've got a, a brilliant productive ewe who's, who's, who's mothered lambs and uh, got those lambs to wean. This is exactly the sort of ewe you want to keep in your system. And well, you put her on a, on a rich paddock because it's spring in, in our situation, most likely in your situation too, wherever you may be. And of course, you have a recipe for a bit of disaster. So it's kind of hard, isn't it? And I, I find it hard every year to try and have, ironically, a skinny enough paddock that my ewes can go on that's far enough away from my lambs, you know, so it's it's sort of a, it's a real challenge. Anyway, I, hopefully this year I'll, I'll get better at it um, and manage my pasture so that I've got um, um, a skinny enough paddock for them to go on. Two weeks often does it, dries them up. Um, and then after that, you want to try and get them to get back in good condition. So it's kind of a weird sort of balance, um, not producing milk, dry up their udder, stop the mastitis, no feed, a very, very little feed. And then, hey, man, we're on to some lush green feed so that I can put on a few kilos because you know what? I'm going to have to get pregnant again. <laughs> and the merry-go-round starts again. So meanwhile, what I'm also doing while these ewes are enjoying basking in a little bit of a sabbatical, I'm focusing on my rams. 
Uh, now the, the sperm that the ram is producing six to eight weeks before they actually get out and meet with the ewes, that's the sperm they're actually going to use. So two months before that, I want to try and make sure my ram's health is as good as possible. They need to be in very good condition. They're going to be losing weight running around a paddock after use. So the better condition the rams are in when they go out to meet their girlies, then the better that situation is going to be. Now, I do use a teaser ram and I put that teaser ram out in January. Um, and he has a great time running around. He doesn't actually do anything. But particularly with the maidens, he just starts to get them going and this year, I found that was incredibly useful for me to have that teaser ram. But hey, he's a vasectomy. It's just an idea. It's just something to do. I was plenty of years I didn't do it. I didn't use it. And, um, you, you know, things weren't fine. I just had a, a different sort of lambing, different lambing sort of cycle. So, um, yeah, weaning, get those... Um, Get those ewes dried up as quickly as you can. Your lambs typically just do really good on their own. And um, just keep an eye on them. The lambs will be highly vulnerable at this stage. So again, that drench at weaning, I find personally for my situation is very important. Do a fecal worm egg count to help um, a couple of samples. And, and if you're worried about your use, potentially do that too. When I do that, I tip my user typically fine. And as I said, they're going to be going on to probably a, a reasonably um, heavy worm pasture anyway. And they're not needing anything else to manage from an immunity. And most of my users at this stage are actually quite worm resistant anyway. So the last thing I want to do is to create drench resistance by over drenching those use. You can't over-vaccinate, but drenching too much is something that is causing the industry, by and large, some challenges. So less is more when it comes to drench. So that's our use. Keep an eye on your rams. They're your focus now. Your rams and your lambs are your focus. Then when it comes into, for me anyway, uh, a couple of weeks prior to joining, this is what I've been recently sort of working out, that the two weeks prior to joining, you definitely want your ewes to start um, increasing their nutrition. So it's called a rising plane of nutrition. Two weeks before. Now for me, I join on Valentine's Day, (laughs) the day of romance in the sheep world. It just works for us. So two weeks before, so early February, I ideally, this is ideal situations now, you know, this has, this is like all the stars are aligned. You have a lovely paddock that those ewes can go into. And in this case, they'll be going into there with their teaser ram friend. Uh, and that starts them ovulating and they their system kicks in. Probably not starts their ovulating because it's a bit early for my use, but it just starts their system thinking I'm getting ready to ovulate. And you know what? I'll be able to do a really good job because look, there's all this feed on the ground for me and I can deal with that. So then Valentine's Day, the actual ram goes in. So teaser ram comes out. Ram goes in, now I separate my mobs, I choose different girls to go with different boys, and that's just my way of looking. You want to aim for about, depending on the age of the ram, I'll give you some ideas here, 40 to 50 ewes to a ram, and then I've done 60, 65, he's done a good job, Uh, and ideally young ram, older ewes, 
older ram, younger use. Yeah. So you got maiden use, put an older ram in there with those maiden use. And at least, as they say, at least someone knows what they're supposed to be doing. A smaller the paddock, the better. Um, I haven't um, separated maiden use to join. I know some people do that, but I just tend to put maiden use with other use and a more experienced ram and try and find, if you can, the smallest paddock for those so that the ram doesn't have to chase around with those users are playing a bit hard to get. This also will help you so that you reduce the amount of dry or um, barren use that you actually get, empty use that you actually get. So again, flushing, rising plenty of nutrition, uh, experienced ram, small paddock, good feed initially prior to joining, this will all help. Uh, so then your, so you've got a few pre-joining checks, your ram and your U check, um, I would be vaccinating your rams uh, then as well. Um, you uh, ideally want your use to be in condition score three, your ram potentially even condition score four and five. Go back and have a listen to my condition score podcast episode if you haven't done that or if that's new to you. Um, and uh, then in that joining um, period, you can uh, keep ideally keep the ram in for 35 days. Okay, 35 days. Now, so that is um, a 14-day teasing and a, and a, a before and then a 35-day joining period. So typically what I will do is uh, in on the 14th of February and then out in mid-April. So the rams come out in mid-April. Sometimes um, the 25th of April. For me, I find that's a bit late. I don't really want to be lambing in September if I can help it. So, and if they're user dry, the user dry, but you choose what's going to be best for you. Um, but that works best for me. I want to finish off lambing and sort of close that window if you like. And then my dry use, well, they're gone. They're gone into the meat market. That's, that's my decision. So I try and keep that sort of, um, two month, six week type joining period as much as possible. If you're going to pregnancy scan, um, a pregnancy test, then, um, well, scanning really is, is the way we do it with sheep. Testing is more for cattle, but pregnancy scanning, uh, then you want to do that a couple of weeks after the rams have come out. So three or four weeks after the rams have come out, and that is the best time but, so it's a very short window that you've got to be able to pregnancy scan. If you want to do that, um, go back and have a listen to my um, one of my lambing wrap-ups recently because that will help you understand what I'm going to do differently next year <laughs> with this. Uh, I didn't separate my singles and I should have. And it not that it's really come back to bite me, but it was just a learning experience. And I think I would have done better this year had I separated my singles probably quite early, but hey, hindsight, that's what it's really all about. Now, the good news is uh, in this joining period, again, two weeks before joining and definitely for as long as you can during that joining period, three, four, five weeks, if you can, keep the ewes on really good feet. Yeah, keep the ewes on really good feet. The other trick here would be the uh, only one watering point or minimal watering points in that, in that paddock. 
um, because often the ram will mount or you know be able to to deal with you when she's drinking water so particularly a maiden you so that can be a good little strategy too depending on your paddock's only one watering source and particularly it's summer because and they'll be going to more watering sources than they would at other times of the year too so they're frequenting those watering sources so that's the time when you want that good quality feed take the rams out you know what your ewes are kind of okay now your ewes are are the the lambs aren't growing as much just you want your ewes ticking over not too fat not too thin so just ticking over until you are uh, about four four weeks or so maybe five weeks out from lambing five weeks out from lambing you want to start to think about your vaccination vaccinate your ewes and that also goes through via the colostrum when the lamb drinks the colostrum that'll go through to the lamb and you're vaccinating for five and one i also give my ewes a b12 and a selenium shot i'll give them a drench with minkel a seaweed meal supplement and frequently apple cider vinegar as well at this particular stage uh, so this is my annual you health i suppose vaccination time um, and i will do a fecal worm eye count and most likely this is also for me the time of the year that i will drench i generally don't drench any other time of the year my breeding flock which is amazing i'm very happy with that uh, it works really well for me um, but I still do fecal warm egg counts. But this time of the year is the, the high feed demand time. This is the high, high vulnerable time for things like um, metabolic diseases like pregnancy toxemia or twin lamb disease where the ewe will basically sacrifice her body for her lambs. Um, so the, 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 in that particular stage of, uh, of the uh, gestation period, those last couple of um of months now all the while the rams uh, are not in, in uh, around the use at this particular stage so the rams only are close to or only are with the use from valentine's day so mid february to mid april that's it they're out i'm also keeping my you lamb separate um so that the ram doesn't decide to um, get involved with any juniors, you know, any, any teenagers. You don't really, personally for me, I don't want any teenage pregnancies. That's my aim. So again, I'm keeping that group of lamb, lambs, you lambs or placement use separate, completely separate, uh, along the way. And then what do you know? We're back into lambing. <laughs> just like that. It just happens. Um, and again, you can think about, um, particularly, um, well, a few other things I've been doing around this time would be um, managing fox uh, and predation control. So again, I use a variety of methods to manage foxes. Foxes are probably our number one issue here where we are. We don't have wild dogs. Eagles tend to only get dead lambs. Um, so foxes are the issue. So we uh, remove habitat. Uh, we bait. We shoot um and we do try and keep those foxes busy if there's any roadkill or anything like that that is just our way of doing it might be different for you and you might have different opinions on that um but i we find that that helps keeps the fox keeps the foxes busy even just use foxolites as well so we use foxolites during the lambing and try to provide shelter ideally nighttime shelter um for lambing and that helps reduce the issues with predation and lamb risk as well. 
It's hard to believe you can just talk about it like this in 20 minutes and bang, that's the whole year gone. I'm sure I've missed something, but it sounds so quick and it does kind of come around very, very quick. Uh, but there are different points in that lambing calendar that are really crucial and that whole gestation calendar that are really quite crucial. So uh, flushing the ewes before joining, rising plane of nutrition if you can help it, looking after your rams, um, providing a skinned paddock for your ewes at weaning, and then the vaccination and the drenching schedules as well. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Now, um, I couldn't manage all of that without using a uh, an app called the Lamb Lambing Planner. It's an app that is produced by the Department of Agriculture in Western Australia, but you can get it, I'm sure, no matter where you are in the world. It's for Android and for um, Apple, and it's just a fabulous app. I just put in uh, all the options, um, rams go in, rams go out. If I change rams, for example, my customers, if they're joined different, I put them in as well so I know when they're going to be joining um, and it just populates everything. And it also gives you everything we've just talked th through. It gives you a reminder. It actually shows you a beautiful little image, um, like a calendar with pre-joining, pregnancy and lactation, three separate stages. And it's, it, you know, and again, you can change the dates and things like that in there. And again, it'll tell you when you need to do your RAM check, your U check when you need to do your joining, your rams are in and your rams are out, your pregnancy testing or scanning if you're going to do that, your increased feed demand. So being able to increase the nutrition, particularly for multiples, uh, when you're going to vac vaccinate, um, when you should do a fecal worm egg count, when you do your fox control, when you want to watch for pregnancy toxemia, and then your lambing, all that sort of stuff. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, and then, of course, in your lambing cycle, you've got your marking um, and your weaning sort of and you're making sure you're managing that, that worm burden. Worm burdens with lambs is so much higher because they, they're born with no resistance to worms. Um, there can be genetic resistance there, but they need to develop it, I, I believe. They need to get some exposure and then develop that resistance and that can help them. Um, be able to, to tackle worms over their life and young animals just like young children highly vulnerable to all sorts of things and they're often uh, eating pasture with their mums so they're hoovering up all the worms so by the time they get to the weaning stage they've had a little bit of exposure and you really want to manage that worm burden so it's not negatively impacting their growth so there you are a few little things and for me things that I'm going to do differently this coming season I am going to um, use my teaser ram again uh, I'm going to in uh, and I think I will use him for a little bit longer as well um, I might even try if I can depending on how the season goes to put him just in with my maiden news for an extra time uh, he, listen, he's a vasectomy ram. He doesn't do anything else apart from normally fight with other rams. He's a bit of a brat. He's quite a dominant ram, but that's quite a good thing in my opinion for someone who's going to tease a ram who's going to be 
you know, having to mill around a huge amount of use and, and have that energy. And um, so I'm quite happy that he is a bit of a dominant ram. The um, other thing I'm going to do differently would be flushing my ewes. Now I'm going to really, last year we had no rain at all in like literally not a drop of rain in the whole of January, whole of February. So my ewes didn't get flushed and, and I noticed that and I didn't give them anything extra. This year or next year, like next January, February, I will make a point of uh, what you know, doing something if if that if those climate conditions uh, impact us again negatively. So I will give them some probably uh, lucerne hay just to increase that um, uh, for the for maybe a week before joining and a week or two or three into joining. Because you've got to manage the commercial realities of that. So for me, that's quite difficult and timing as well. So having the time to go and do that every single day or every second day, that's quite difficult. I'm probably like you, you know, where where a lot of us are 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 farming part time, um, and even those of us farming full time, you know, we don't often have the time to do those little extra things because there's so many other things to do on the farm, so many other diverse things on the farm that we uh, that we are doing as well. So we've got to really join up or, or weigh up the cost and the time uh, and the cost of that time when we're you know doing the supplementary feed. Anyway, that's my plan. Um, and I think that's going to improve things. Uh, my, I, I was quite happy with my lambing percentage. I had very, very high survivability, nice big lambs born, all that sort of stuff. But I lost about 20, 30% of my lambing percentage that I would normally get because I didn't have the quantity of multiples that I would normally get. I, didn't, I don't want the triplets and I didn't have any this year, uh, but I would like more, more twins. Yeah, I'd like more twins. So... Um, that's my initially anyway, a few things I'm going to do differently, uh, and separate, separate. Once I know the singles from the twins, uh, after pregnancy scanning four weeks before lambing, I will start to do the separation. And what I did the year before, which was I rotate my pasture. So it's coming up to lambing. I, uh, put everyone into a nice paddock maybe two weeks before lambing, maybe three weeks before lambing. And my plan would be when I take that first mob out of that paddock, I will separate, I'll take them down to the yards, I'll separate the singles from the twins and the singles will go back to that original paddock and the twins will move on. And then the singles will always follow, yeah, follow the twins. And that's what I'm thinking will help with managing the size of singles and I think the irony is that will also give those twin bearing ewes more pasture to choose from so it's it's sort of two benefits here that I'm looking at the twin bearing ewes get more choice in that pasture rather than competing with another 20 30 40 50 whatever single bearing ewes and then the single bearing ewes come and get the sort of scraps that are left behind. In, uh, it won't be scraps. It'll still be decent feed, but they won't get over. Uh, the lamb will grow too big. Yeah, I do obviously want that single bearing ewe, but single bearing ewes can easily manage it on um, average feed, average quantity of feed. Uh, so they should have um, no problem at all. And the years before when I did that, it worked quite well. It was just easier for me because I had less single bearing use. So again, going back to peak time, crucial pivotal points 
And one of them is definitely that pivotal point of uh, flushing before joining. So how exciting that we all have this to look forward to again next year. And have a think about what you might do differently, what changes you might make, what lessons you've learned, and what is going to balance out, I suppose, the return that you have with the commercial realities and the time that you have as well on your farm. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sheep Show podcast. Want to know more? Want to see more? Did you know we have an Instagram TV channel with a variety of series, one about sheep and one about farming, particularly regenerative farming. So head to Halston Valley Farm at Instagram and check out the over 20 current IGTV episodes. Enjoy. And don't forget to let me know how you are going with your sheep journey. You can contact me on email, jill at holstonvalleyfarm.com.au. Until next time, sheep well.